Previously on Movie Freaks. Nobody gets laid listening to this shit. That's really all you need to know. It's balls out awesome. This one here is interesting, uh, and it's terrible. It's a terrible movie. It's interesting and terrible. Yes. Terrible. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the, of the right words to say, because it's, it's that bad. Teeth was about a uh, killer vagina and deep in the darkness... It just sounds like it goes hand in hand with that, doesn't it? <laughs> I can already tell this shit spiral, spiraling out of control. Cinema of the future. I have one festering, smoldering, and, and decaying in my my brain hole, so I don't want my I don't want my cheese puffs to get moldy and, and old and stale. Oh, I've moved Man. on to my, my little uh, my little gummy snacks now. Oh God! <laughs> I made the sound effect. Damn it! You're gonna listen to it. We're done. And now, the exciting conclusion. And we're back from that commercial break. Uh, We'd like to uh, uh, thank all of our sponsors that support the show and keep this uh, wonderful free bit going for all of you, the listener. Uh, Yes, to answer your question, um, (laughs) with the Wachowskis and money and and, uh, disappointing returns... As I understand it, the Wachowskis after Cloud Atlas went into the studio and they said they have this great... I've, I've talked about this before in the pod. They had this great idea. They want to make some uh, movie that, from what I understand, is um, a combination of an Iraq war movie and a gay love story and a whole bunch of other kind of themes like that that don't typically seem to gel and they only wanted like $20 million to make it. They wanted just a, a small little character-driven piece, uh, and they and Warner Brothers was like, "Well, yeah, but we want another sci-fi franchise. So can you here do that with two hundred million dollars?" And they're like, "Ah, we well, we kind of got this thing, uh, Jupiter Ascending," and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, that go do that," and there you have Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> hmm. uh, so their passion was behind this Iraq gay love story, whatever movie that for $20 million, and instead Jupiter Ascending came out of that. And I think they're more and more going away, taking the Kevin Smith route, where they want to move away from that humongous uh, or from bigger budget stuff that they've done in the past, and they want to make smaller and more independent films. They're very, they've been uh, very vocal about being sick of the way Hollywood works and uh, all of the backlash that they've received on them, especially the last few films. Even though we've liked them, they haven't been yeah. critical uh, mass appeal but they cost a lot of money to make those movies, even if, you know, they're not out there making movies for you and Eugene and Eric. Yeah, especially when you're, when you're talking budgets of $200 million, uh, you got to appeal to the masses for the most part. And, yeah, they're, even Speed Racer, that was quirky and odd and weird, and I loved it, but it doesn't appeal to the masses. It is growing in popularity of the cult, though. My friends, Speed I can, Racer I can, especially. Yeah. I can believe that. Yeah, um, especially at Cloud Atlas. I thought Cloud Atlas was fantastic. That was one of my favorite movies of that year. That was fantastic. I agree, but so. not everybody dug it, and yeah. I need to watch that one again. I need to get the Blu-ray of that one bad. Uh, so anyway, to close out Jupiter Ascending, I very much love it. I'm well, love it. I very much like it. I recognize some of its uh, faults. Um, and, you know, I feel you could go either way on it, but I would love to hear your review. Okay. Um, and that goes for any other sci-fi or Wachowski fans out there. I think that you should give it a chance. It looks goofy, and it's kind of goofy for half of it, but think of it more of a kid's movie than, a, uh, you know, that 
Star Wars kind of thing. Yeah, it was. It's interesting to have heard. Uh, I'm, I'm catching up on on all of the Cinema Sidekicks episodes as of late, and uh, I have heard Steve, um, our buddy Stefan, <laughs> and and and, and uh, what what Ty Moulet or whatever Ty Moulet. <laughs> Uh, that Steve did not much care for Jupiter Ascending, and so... Um, hey, looking at the box office mojo, he is not alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but that's anyway. okay. Different yep. strokes. Uh, yep. Would you like to review a second movie for sure, this extended okay. pod? Go ahead. Yes. Um, okay, so I want to touch on a gem in the rough on Netflix. Um, I'm always I'm always up for, for gems in the rough, and I... I found one, and um, now I just want to look through the list that I sent you for roulette. Ah, there it is, sure enough. Okay, so I watched one of the ones that I threw your way on the roulette. Okay. Um, And I'm going to touch on it now because I really, because it's fresh in my mind, so I'm going to touch on it now if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Inner Demons. Uh, Inner Demons was uh, was this of uh, the last first half of this episode or was yes. this okay yes. okay <laughs> advanced sneak peek I guess is what you're yes. saying <laughs> okay. yes um, but but uh, you did not pick this one and I'm like yeah. I, I got I gotta see this thing uh, just because of the horror guy that I am so I watched it and I am happy to report that. Every time I think, okay, well, there, there's nothing else they can do with found footage. It's done. They find some way, some way to keep the found footage thing going. And this isn't really a found footage. It is, but it isn't. It's one of the, it, it's basically an intervention type thing with this teenage girl that is addicted to heroin. Okay? Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, that's kind of, because I watched a couple of those intervention shows, whatever. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I know where you're, where you're going with this. So. That's their whole premise for the hidden or the the found footage type thing, um, but with for what it is, it's it's pretty good. It actually, it's 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 good. I really enjoyed it, especially the last five minutes that were like, oh, all right, that's out there. I love it when they're like, eh, whatever. We're just going for it. We're just going for it. Who cares? And I love when they do that. I love when movies just. Uh, they did it with the with the uh, Osmodexia. Was that what what that Spanish movie was that we? Uh, yeah, I believe that's what it was called. Where the yeah. ending made the movie, and the ending didn't necessarily make this movie, but it it definitely helped. Um, honestly, one of my only criticisms for this movie, and it's on Netflix right now, is um, the girl was addicted to heroin, and and I'm not spoiling anything to say that it's fairly fairly obvious fairly quickly that. The heroine is to subdue the possession because she's she's demon possessed. Oh wow! Uh, and I'm like, that's kind of a cool little thing. But you find yeah. that fairly, I mean, it's fairly obvious right from the get go that okay, I see what's you know you can kind of figure it out if you're a movie watcher. You can kind of figure that out fairly quickly. All right. If not, sorry, I spoiled that little bit of information. But it is cool, and um, she's actually a likable teenage girl. It's she's not a a horrible actress or just this obnoxious like yeah i actually felt for her. i'm like yeah she's she's a pretty good actress and okay and, Not, what about uh, character was okay too yeah her character was okay especially when you find out kind of the whole backstory yeah. her family life and then 
I don't want to, at this point, I don't want to give a whole lot away, but the ending is great. My, honestly, one of my only things is I think that they could have done a little bit more with uh, when she does show her signs of possession mm-hmm. because it comes off as a little bit she's acting instead of them doing cool special effects. It just seems like she's just all of a sudden acting kind of crazy. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I know what you're um, saying. Because I'm like, oh, she just seems like she's acting like she's possessed instead of you doing something kind of like crawling up De- the wall or yeah, yeah. taking of Deborah Logan or even, even the original exorcist. I've genuinely truly felt or, like she, Linda Blair was possessed or evil you know? dead. Yeah. Or yes. So this one here just feels like a, a talented actress is acting like she's possessed. And that was one of the drawbacks. But otherwise I thought this was a, for a Netflix never heard of before. I liked it. I definitely liked it. Um, it, it, uh, it earns its uh, it earns its keep because of that that ending. Even if even without the ending, I would have given it. Eh, that was pretty good. I, I'm glad I watched it. But the ending, like that was that was cool. I liked that. So awesome. <laughs> I just I just oh, bang my, uh, crash. Yeah, that's all right. We're used I just to it. Cheered by now. my bar. Yes. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, oh. um, cool. Well, that was one too. Where the, the even the title. Uh, you know, know it, when we're looking at it for roulette, I'm looking at inner demons, and you look at that poster on netflix and you're like mother come on dude i know i i know i know and for every one of those there is there's there's these gems in the rough and that's why i just keep watching them and that was one i'm like afterwards i'm like i'll definitely watch that one again in fact i rewound just like in osmodexia i actually rewound the end of this one to watch that last five minutes because i dug it so much i thought that was really cool so nice well i'll put that on the queue i'll throw it in there yeah Okay, uh, over to me. I'm going to do a double header of kind of stand-ups, comedy, uh, oh. what have you. Uh, first up was the new one from Doug Benson called Chronicon, episode 420, A New Dope. Uh, I, watched get... it, I watched it as well. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm curious to see what you thought of that one. Uh, and we'll get to that. Uh, yes. I, you know, it, I... Doug Benson, you got to take him with a with a grain because if you've ever uh, hung around with stoners or potheads at all or been one yourself, yeah, they're like drunk people. They're only fun if you're drunk or stoned as well. Otherwise, Amen. you're like you're annoying. That's why we have five listeners. If you listen to the show, you're automatically should be an AA probably. Uh, <laughs> As I smash my glass against yeah. the bar. And, <laughs> and I'm over here, tink, tink, tink. Uh, uh, as for that, I, you know, if I'd have been high, I don't do that anymore, but it, <laughs> if I had been, I'd probably have been like, yeah, that was a lot of fun. But it, the goal of this project of his was to make a documentary where uh, he shows the pothead perspective of San Diego Comic-Con, which is a cool angle. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And he had these goals, like I want to smoke with a stormtrooper and I want to get high with... Darth Vader and a superhero and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's cool. Uh, I'd watch that. Anything around Comic-Con, I'm interested in that. Yeah, me too. Um, unfortunately, this is also about weed. So he gets high, and I believe the film itself forgot the goal of the movie. That was like, like, halfway through, I was like, come on. It just him wandering from a party to a party. Now he's walking down the street. Now he's getting high with some guy, somebody in a hotel room. 
and roll oh. credits. And it was yeah. just like, it was exhausting by the time it was over. It was like, yeah, you did not really make me laugh all that much. No. And which it was fine. I didn't come to this for a comedy routine. I came to this to see you behind the scenes at uh, Comic-Con and I, there was barely any Comic-Con whatsoever. So I, thumbs down on that one from me. Yep. Me too. I've took, I, exact same review. Okay. And I, I like Doug Benson. I like his stand-up comedy acts. Uh, he's funny. But this was just like, dude, you're just getting stoned. That's like literally all you're doing. It's like, that's fine, but let's go to Comic-Con. I don't care that you're trying to find uh, Spurlock and say hi to him or whatever. It's like, yeah. I, um, and he's like, we are partying with these guys that were dancing in the Stormtrooper outfits in the hotel room. Isn't that amazing? They take 20 minutes of the movie to do that. Yeah, it's like, I, I actually fast Not really. No, yeah. it's not amazing. Yeah. At the very <laughs> end, I actually fast-forwarded through it. I'm like, oh, this is taking forever for them to, to, to get to the hotel room just to smoke up and wave to each other from like, oh, I'm like, come on. And yeah, even, I, even, when, even his little stand-up comedy act, because he was like, it would cut to him at a show and... Almost none of that was even remotely funny. I'm like, it's just not funny at and, all. And sadly enough, that was the funniest parts of the whole movie. Yeah. It, and it was uh, yeah. weak. Um, yes. Next up, I have uh, Eugene Merman, who I'm a huge fan of. What? Uh, Never what? heard of him. Uh, Eugene know. Merman does the voice of the son on Bob's Burgers, another animated show I've been trying to get you to watch forever. Um, you should give it a shot sometime. Uh, but, uh, I also bumped into him because I, after watching, uh, the reinvigorated Cosmos series with Neil deGrasse Tyson, I Mm. started subscribing to Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast, Star Talk. And most of the episodes are with his friend, Eugene Merman. And so he brings the comedy aspect and, uh, the other guy brings the, the science. So you get the funny and the learning at the same time. Yeah, uh, but it was great because he's one of those guys like H. John Benjamin, where his voice is the voice. He does, he he's a voice actor, but he just that this is my voice and that's it. And so it's funny to see this full grown you know forty year old whatever man voicing a child in Bob's Burgers it was hysterical. I love that show, and so I was very excited to see his stand up. This was called uh, Vegan on His Way to the Complain Store, which if you get his dry sense of humor is very funny and. The stand-up was quite funny. I wouldn't be like, this is one of the most amazing stand-ups I've ever seen in my entire life, but it's definitely one that you would want to watch, and it's, ah, that was funny and amusing all the way through, and I I enjoyed that. That was good stuff. It's not like, come on, hurry I don't know. You know know what I'm talking about? Like, stand-up's so hit and miss. Uh, It Um, is. It is. And maybe we're just too picky, but I I enjoyed that one, maybe because I'm a fan. I don't know. Uh, You give it a watch tell me what you think i think he's okay. a very likable person so gotcha. that makes it much more easy to enjoy his uh comedy even if not every joke is a 10 yeah okay back to you okay um uh, for me uh, i want to touch real briefly on a couple of theatrical movies that i've just watched and i know that we don't really focus on brand new releases but because i just watched these uh again they're they're fresh in my mind so go ahead i got one on my own deck Okay, uh, so I want to hit on, um, honestly, I'm going to hit on two very big surprises, uh, because I actually thought that my reviews would be flipped on these, and it's just because I had some time, and that's why I watched 
several movies. I actually watched two movies in one day in the theater. Wow, uh, awesome. Old school. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So I was ready to get out of the house in the evening, and I'm like, even though I watched a movie first thing in the morning uh, at the, the early show, I'm like, I'm going to still buzz up to the Dollar Theater and check out this other movie. So with you know somewhat low expectations, but I was thinking I was going to enjoy it more. So the first movie I watched was The Man from Uncle, Guy Ritchie's oh, nice. uh, adaption of the old, I guess, British TV show, which I have never watched. Um, but you don't have to watch the show, in my opinion, to enjoy this, uh, because I thought it was great. I loved it. I gave it four stars out of five. And uh, if you are a fan of the old Sean Connery, James Bond movies, and and this is, take this with a grain of salt, but even the Austin Powers movies, and the only reason I bring up Austin Powers is the fact that they're knowingly poking fun at the I know 60s. what you're t- Yeah, I know what yeah. you're saying. I get that. Yeah. So it's not slapsticky like that at all, but it yeah. is very much like a Sean Connery James Bond movie. I thought it was great, and uh, Guy Ritchie is one of my favorite directors. Actually, I think that uh, I, I love his style of cool cinema, and it was like that. It wasn't quite like uh, the Sherlock Holmes movies where you get a lot of that crazy slow mo awesomeness, but you can definitely tell, especially towards the end. It's a Guy Ritchie movie. There is an action scene in the end, kind of a chase scene. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but he's just saying the camera work was brilliant with how it was done with this chase scene. So it was very unique, and I thought it was I thought it was great. I can't wait to watch it again. Um, it was funny. It I it took a little bit of getting used to the uh, the characters. They were very quirky. And I attribute that to probably the way the TV show was. I, again, I don't know these characters, but I would, they acted quirky enough to where I'm like, you know, I bet that's how those characters were in the TV show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I, you especially, I can't imagine. Oh, I, like I know I like it. I'm a Guy Ritchie fan. I, and that would probably go without saying if you're not into Guy Ritchie movies uh, at this point. Only the seriously, I guess we could do a whole episode on him. Uh, yeah, we should rate it, yeah, we should yeah. do, do a director because, spotlight sometime. Uh, you know, regular normal people are guy Richie who, but uh, the movie freaks who break down um, his directing work. Well, you're either a fan or you're not, and that's yeah. and I'm accepting of that either way. I just happen to be a fan because I was. Huge lock, stock, and barrel fan, right yeah. out of the gate. That's where I was like, "This guy's brilliant." And in yeah. his, and at this part in his career where he's gotten bigger, uh, is doing now more mainstream film. I think that uh, he's really altered his style in a way that is just genius. Where um, he's creating stuff that appeals to the masses, so mom and dad, your your mom and dad, my mom and dad can go watch Sherlock Holmes and be like, "Oh, that was cool." Uh, but the movie freak, you and me, can go watch it and go, wow, for a uh, wide audience appeal movie, action movie, he snuck a lot of movie freak camera angles in there and, oh, and yes. dialogue bits and action shots. Yeah. Yep. Stuff where, where you're like, as a, the cinephile will go, wow, that was entertaining. Now, obviously, yeah. there's also the cinephile that goes, F Guy Ritchie, I hate him, and his style is... Uh, so in your face and obnoxious, and you know what? It's not entirely untrue, uh, but I think he does great at balancing that 
yeah. uh, juxtaposition, and there's uh, very few people, that, uh, very few directors that are doing that. Most of them yeah. are either go total, uh, let's feed everybody Brett Ratner, or the other way where it's like nobody is interested because your mass appeal is not interested and nobody cares because it's Jupiter yeah. Ascending. <laughs> yeah. And this one here, you hit the nail on the head because this one here is truly one that, like, I would totally recommend that to my parents who are not movie fans. Yeah, mine I, I, They would sit down and watch this movie and be like, that was a, that was a fun movie. It's a good spy caper wraps up. My wife would love this thing. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, I'm looking forward to watching it uh, with her at some point or another. But I was... I was actually surprised at how much I liked it, uh, especially as it went on and things, you know, the humor and then the the action beats here and there. And Hugh Grant was great. Uh, Hugh Grant was in this a little bit, and it was like, oh, that's so weird that he's in this, but it's cool. Oh, I, uh, I, I really, that was my favorite thing about Cloud Atlas, actually, was I hope that um, Hugh Grant's resurgence will be uh, John Travolta-esque and, and uh, like Pulp Fiction, where it's like he was playing a cannibal in Cloud Atlas, and it's sort of like, I saw him in the trailer for this, he's playing a spy guy, and I'm like, yeah. yes, I hope Hugh Grant comes back and is like this awesome badass actor and quits with the rom-coms and, you know. Yeah, be, uh, he was good in this. He was good, and, and uh, I don't have the names pulled up in front of me, but Superman was great yeah, as Henry the Cavill, yeah. Yeah, he was great in this, and... Um, the sidekick, the Russian sidekick. Uh, 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 it's a uh, uh, Army Hammer. Ar- 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 Army Hammer. Yeah, the yeah. the, tw- the Lone, Ra- Lone Ranger and the twin, Lone Ranger. Yes, the twin from uh, Social Network. Yeah, he was really good. Everybody was good in it. I. It's unfortunate that the movie is not doing well at the box office. Uh, it's which it, unjustly so, and maybe it's because of the time it was re- it was released. Yeah, uh, this does does this does feel more like a winter movie or even just an off season movie. To, to open it in the summer and I know it's August and things are winding down for the summer but it still doesn't really feel like it doesn't feel like an August movie to me it feels more like February, March, April it's somewhere in I yeah I mean there's two ways to go with it you can go February, March, April or I, I mean I think if you were going to gamble a little bit you could have gone early April and pumped up the uh, yeah the ads a lot and then Everyone desperate for summer movie season would have run to it, and it would have been a surprise hit. Yeah. But then again, they, it looks like they went for, let's go late summer and hope for the sleeper hit, but straight yeah. out of Compton. Yes. <laughs> dominated. My Actually, fantasy movie. U- Universal has dominated. Universal yeah. is top dog this summer. Man, I know. they are on a streak. So do you want me to touch on the other movie, or do you want Yes, you go pick? ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So on the flip side... I finally got to see Terminator Genisys. <laughs> you and you five other people. Good lord. Um, it's sad when you actually enjoy the Fantastic Four remake more than the latest Terminator movie. Wow. <laughs> and um, I, was, I, I was bored to tears in this movie. Now, I will say this, for, for what it's worth... Um, it was loud and it was digital, so okay, so the, the that's good. But the the theater itself was a bit too warm, and it's a very old theater, so it's kind of a shithole. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, there was the woman with her newborn infant child and three uh, under ten year old girls in there with her. Why did you uh, stay? Yeah, I, exactly. At that it, point, I would have just get me. I, where's my refund? I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the baby cried most of the movie. Now, having said <laughs> having said that, though, 
The movie was loud enough, and that's probably why the baby was crying. Uh, the movie was loud enough that I could still kind of tone, you know, tune that out. But yeah. this movie, if there ever was a cash grab or what felt to me like a cash grab, this is it. Um, it just felt forced. It felt over. It just the whole series. It just watching this, I'm like, you can throw all the cool CGI at me you want, but this this party feels over. So uh, what just, do you take away from James Cameron endorsing it and saying I, that this is the true part three? I'm stunned because uh, the the previous one from Mick G was better than this, in my oh, opinion. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not it terribly just, surprised because it went on and on and on. I'm like, I looked at my watch. I'm like, dude, should I just should, I actually was tempted. I'm like, should I just leave? I would much rather sit in my air conditioned house and watch TV than watch this right now with the crying baby behind me. But I'm like, no, suffer through this because I want to review this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I okay. Was, that's understandable, but something else to bear in mind is that uh, the last time I was in a, a hot theater, uh, and that was with you, and it was Hannibal. Hannibal. And yeah, their air true. conditioning broke, and we freaking hated that movie the first now time. Now we love it, that. but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that can make a big difference. And it crying can. baby it's... on top of it, I mean, you had the worst of all theaters. But, yeah. you know, I was like, okay, cool, new, new Terminator, I'm always kind of down for that. And even 3 and 4, which gets ragged on mercilessly, and for the most part kind of deserves it, but I still kind of enjoy. Uh, but I was like, okay, I'll watch New Terminator. Then I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me, that there that's the storyline you're going with? That's horrible. Like, I don't want that at all. And on top and of that, the trailer is giving away every detail of the movie all the way through their campaign. I was like, this looks just atrocious. And, hey, box office. Yeah. I, I, that's, of, of all the movies I've seen in the theater this summer, that was the worst one, definitely. I gave that two stars. Wow. Um, it just... I, Again, there's some great action beats in it, but it's way too long, way too confusing for what it is. It's it's again, it just feels forced. Everything feels forced. And then when they, they fairly early in the movie, they're trying to create their own timeline, like the new Star Trek did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have the original Arnold interacting with uh, with um, the punks in the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but they're new actors; they're not the same actors. Um, and so instead of Bill Paxton, it looks like it looks like a Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day reject. I'm like, are you kidding me? This guy is not Bill Paxton, and he's some. I'm like, oh, no. the funniest part about that is that they have old Arnold that they CGI'd young to be yes. the Terminator. It's like, why don't they just do that with Bill Paxton and oh, what's the yes. other guy? Damn it! It's I, I think the other guy was the bad guy from Highlander. No, he was the bad guy from Cobra. Oh. <laughs> only I would know that because that movie rules but yes (laughs) awesome six degrees of canon films because now we're back to canon that's somehow full circle canon yeah but anyway so um, I I was very and I was disappointed to the to the point of I didn't even stay for the uh, the the stinger ending after the credits oh I didn't know there was one yeah there is one and as soon as it said directed by I was running out of the theater Get me out of this hellhole, literally. Uh, well, with the babies and the kids yes. and crying, and I can imagine yeah. too hot. Yeah, 
Oh, it is so the anyway. the fifth circle of hell. Is uh, yes. a Terminator sequel nobody wanted. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, will I watch it again? There is a good chance I wa- I will watch yeah. it again because I do I do understand like what you with what you said. Theater was too hot. Baby crying. Uh, it was late at night. I was tired. But it's still something just did not click with me at all in that movie. So anyway. That's my all right, view. well, if that's all for your new releases, that will lead yeah. me into mine, which is Mission Impossible 5 Rogue Nation. Uh, that is the fifth one, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, at this point, you with Mission Impossible, you're, again, you're either in or you're not. And uh, I thought that this is one of those series that has surprisingly got better with age. Um, two, I would say, is the biggest misstep, but it's still very, very watchable film. One is a masterpiece, two is the misstep, three is really good with a couple of interesting quirks, four is amazing, and then this five. Um, And I very much enjoyed the film all the way through, obviously, Um, but I would probably put it below three and four. Um, But, you know, it still was very good. My biggest complaint, and I talked about this online with some friends, and they were like, what? Of all the things to complain about, that's what you're complaining about? The only reason I'm bringing it up on the show is because I want to see if it's just me. But um, in 3 and 4, a major plot line was Ethan Hunt and his wife. And in this movie, they introduce a new character who is a did a great job acting. This, uh, I can't, I don't have her name in front of me, the woman... The, the dub, yeah. double, triple agent, whatever you want to call her. Not giving anything away. Uh, and she did a, a fantastic job acting in, in her role and, and everything. But she has a similar look to his, the woman that played his wife in the previous two. And watching the trailers, I actually thought it was his wife. So going into the movie, I was a little confused. I was like, oh, I thought this was his wife. But it's not. I'm like, okay, it's a new girl. She just happens to kind of be brunette, medium-length hair, and looks similar. And as the movie goes on, I'm like, well, what, a, what about the wife? Because the three and four are... That's a major plot line in three and mm-hmm. four. Uh, it's a major subplot with those two movies. So I was, like, looking for a little more closure. In four, they left it kind of hanging, like, maybe I can't be with her because it's too dangerous. But it was kind of vague. Mm-hmm. At the same time, they're watching her walk into a coffee house or some something, and I'm like... So I thought, I don't know, I just thought there was going to be a little more with that, and there wasn't. And so I was a little disappointed, because I thought that stuff was fascinating. I thought that was very interesting, uh, and why not? It was a huge part of part three and four, especially three but uh, and four too. What do you think, now that we've, we've we, I watched it as well, and I had the exact same review as you did, honestly. Uh, one was a masterpiece, two was good but not great, and then three and four were were awesome and and I think that this one here was awesome as well not quite as good as three and four uh, who do you think is the best villain of all of these <laughs> oh <laughs> you <laughs> you have tapped a, a a point of contention with me and this series my friend um who is the best villain I honestly don't know and the reason being uh I would really love for the impossible mission force to have a villain that they didn't create. Uh, the first one, movie, the villain was from IMF. The second movie, the villain yeah. was from 
IMF. The third movie, the villain was this bad terrorist, gun-toting, uh, gun-salesman guy who was funded by Ethan Hunt's manager at IMF. Uh, the fourth movie was... <laughs> I forget. what The fourth movie... Oh, it, they went rogue. Every movie is kind of the same. They disavow everybody in IMF, yeah. you know, and he gets disavowed, and then I got to go prove my innocence. They did that in the first one. I don't think they did in the second one, third one, fourth one, fifth one, Rogue Nation. In the fourth one, they disavowed everybody, and the fifth one, it's Rogue Nation. It's a whole thing, and you know, you can. It's just sort of like at this point, <laughs> can I get a bad guy that's not from IMF? Yeah. Can we just get a regular old terrorist? I want to take over the world guy. Uh, yeah. Minor complaint because all the movies are great, but nonetheless, it's sort of weird that every single entry in this series, the bad guy is from IMF. Yeah. Like, no, that's a good point. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so who is the best villain? I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, which one? It was the 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 one the girl with the dragon tattoo. That guy was that the third or the fourth one? I think it was the fourth one. Uh, I guess he would have been the first true villain villain that's not from IMF. Uh, yeah. No, that's a good point. That, but, that's a very But good he point was almost a non-villain. You know, he was yeah. barely in the thing. Yeah. So. Uh, I thought Philip Seymour Hoffman was... what He was one of the reasons why 3 was so good. Oh, I agree. Uh, he was such a great and slimy bad guy. Um, so that was, you know, that's just... Oh, it's there's chaos What's going, going on, on out here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm in Florida, and there's uh, there's there's God oh. knows, World War Three outside my house right now. Ethan Hunt's breaking in. You're a secret, yes. you're a secret agent from IMF who turned rogue, yes. and uh, you're stealing some secret rabbit uh, weapon. I don't know. <laughs> one of the bald ones is sitting beside me, threatening to f- throw me in jail for my. <laughs> Joni's in the other room, going, "Who who who do you love?" Because I'm gonna find her. And I'm gonna kill her. <laughs> <laughs> and that took me a split second like what oh like oh <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting that one and then we all we all hop on dirt bikes and peel, peel off, off out of here and <laughs> with dove with white doves white flowing doves. everywhere and <laughs> then we're jumping at each other off the dirt yes. bikes yes to, uh, to head to, first to, uh, to Metallica to Mission Impossible yeah. <laughs> oh, to the oh. audience saying, eh, it's okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, anyway, I I really dug part. My favorite thing about part four, though, was that um, if you go rewatch that movie and pay attention, absolutely none of their impossible mission uh, missions work. Not a single one. And that was my favorite thing that, oh, that Brad Bird bought to, brought to it. And I don't hear anybody talking. Am I the only one that noticed that we're going to do this mission? Okay, we're going to sneak in. You're going to wear that face mask. You're going to look like this guy. And the girl will come in and distract. And we'll do this and this and this with the end goal being whatever. And every single one of them is a failure. And that is what I loved about part four. Um, part Interesting, th- huh? Yeah, go... Watch it again. Tell yeah, me if I'm wrong. I, it I, ends I with it, it, it ends with a beat 'em up in a car park because they were left with nothing else. <laughs> uh, mm. Part three, um, you know that it has its ups and downs. My favorite thing about that was that the uh, plot was 
was uh, vague, and you never really knew what this guy was after, the rabbit yeah. or whatever the crap it was, and yeah. you never really knew why, but none of it mattered because of the wife. That's what made that movie so interesting. And J.J. Abrams' first major motion picture uh, directorial debut, right? Yeah. Yes, That's it was. amazing that that movie yeah. is as good as it, as it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that anyway. Was, that's, Yeah. Agreed. Wrapping totally up agreed. I, Mission Impossible. I, I still think that part three is probably my favorite just because I liked Seymour Hoffman and, and, and the fact that it was so personal with his wife. Um, and it just it felt like a J.J. Abrams movie. I really am liking that there was a different director every time. I think that's brilliant. I love that. Even with the slight misstep of part two, I re- it's a total Ang Lee movie. You can feel it. You, it, it that's... And I think they totally. need to keep going that way. Have a different yeah. director each time. But, you know, Tom Cruise is kind of the herald of those movies, and he's the one holding it all together, and it's yeah. it's working. Even if I think five is a little less than the last couple, I still very much enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it gave me everything that I wanted. And you can't argue, you can't complain when you when you get that. Even if it's like, eh, not quite as good, you still, it's still good. Yeah. Yep, totally agree. Totally agree. So anyway, uh, listening audience, g- give us your breakdown. How do you rank the Mission Impossible films? And maybe we'll talk about that on yeah. a later show. Uh, okay. Have, have you, uh, just curious, have you watched, which ones have you seen in the theater and which ones have you done? This is actually one series. I have watched every single one of these in the theater. Me too. Me too. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Wow. This is one where it's like, yep, yeah, this is go to theater time. Yep. So yep. Yeah, no yep. problem with that. Uh, okay. I'm going to do a real quick double header, kick it back to you and we'll be done. Okay. And these are not mainstream. First up, Wormwood, Road of the Undead. Mm. Uh, currently on Netflix, Australian Ozploitation flick. Um, hmm, Mad Max meets Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Uh, Day of the Dead would be a better comparison. Yeah, Mad Max meets Day of the Dead. Does yeah. that entice you? Then you'll love this movie. Yep, agreed. (laughs) That's all there is to say about it. I'm not going to spend a lot of time breaking down this movie. Everything I wanted to happen in this movie happened. I loved it. Super low budget, but it works completely. Um, I I, I loved it. It was fantastic from beginning to end. Uh, Next up, the review everybody has been dying to hear. Finally, we got Nick Cage together with Hayden Christensen in our medieval movie, Outcast. A movie no one was asking for. But I couldn't turn it off because I was just waiting for both of these... Oh, God. Actors to outact each other. Uh, Nick Cage has won an Oscar for acting. Hayden Christensen arguably deserved one for Shattered Glass. I love Shattered Glass. I've watched that movie probably once a year. And he needs direction. That's all I can take away from it. That guy needs direction. And when he's in a movie where he does not have a director, you get the Star Wars that. prequels and Outcast, and which was <laughs> you seriously, you gotta see this movie. You there, there, it, it is beyond description. Watch it because I couldn't turn it off. There was, I mean, within the first ten minutes, I was like, I should just stop this, uh, but. Oh my God! Look at the accent that Nick Cage is going with. Well, that's an acting choice. That's that's a way to go. Um, let's see where it goes. And that led to Hayden Christensen going, "I'm going to make this decision." 
Oh, oh God. What's happening? <laughs> what kind of vortex have I been sucked into? And then Nick Cage is wearing uh, his hair up in a bun like it's a Chinese ancient... What the... What the... What? Could not stop... Watched all the way through. And, so you watched the whole thing, I watched right? It I all that you would turn through. that thing off. You know, normally I would, but I could not get away from my man Nick Cage and his whatever the hell he was doing and Hayden Christensen. My God. I... I <laughs> This is a supreme anomaly of cinema, and you should watch it, because holy shit, this is a thing that freaking exists. <laughs> so was it was it gory and graphic, or was it... Uh, I don't know, dude. I just had a, No. I was just stunned and jaw on the floor. Uh, he did... Why, why is Nick Cage talking like that? I don't understand. Why, why is he... Hayden Christensen's trying to act again, and it, it looks like he's helpless. I don't... I, seriously, that guy is a good actor if he has a good director. And if he and does you know, not if he does not have a good director, he turns out these god-awful perform. I Look, I am still in the I have hope for Hayden camp. I, I really am. When I see him come up, I'm, I'm not like, oh, he's horrible. Or like Nick Cage at this point, he's taking a paycheck. Nick Cage is done. He's given up. He's just, I'm getting paid. That's it. But, I i mean, I've seen both those guys in Oscar-caliber and Oscar-winning material. Yeah. And it's sort of, I just can't stop. I don't know what my problem is. It's sad. It's Especially for Nicolas Cage, it's like, I, granted, I understand where he's at now, but the guy has truly delivered some great performances in some great movies. And I just, it's sad to see that he's like, to me, when I hear Nicolas Cage at this point, it's like, that's a It's a joke, stock. man. Yeah. But, Which is sad. Hey, you know, you know what? Know? Everybody's got to make a buck, I guess. So God bless yeah. them. If you can get the, yeah. get the gig, go for it. Uh, that's it for me on reviews. I just have some teas left, but uh, okay. go ahead. Okay, so I've got a couple more that I wanted to quick touch on um, and refresh my memory. Did I talk about Jaws Part 2 on our last episode? I'm uh, guessing I did not. No, you only reviewed Fantastic Four. My kids were okay. like, screw you. So <laughs> Yes, that's, uh, okay. Well, well, now I want to talk about Jaws Part 2. Okay. Because um, I, I want to get your opinion on this. We've both seen this movie, I'm sure, numerous times. I rewatched it uh, again about a week ago. And... Um, I am still in the camp that while this is not as good as the original, this is a really good sequel. Uh, this would fall under the exceptionally good sequels to masterpiece original movies. Um, and I'm just curious what you th- what you thought of it. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it in quite some time, but I, I do recall uh, watching it more than once and going, you know, that was a pretty darn good movie. And sort of like, if I hadn't seen Jaws 1, I would think this is the masterpiece. Oh, uh, I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I've seen uh, Jaws 1, and so it's, it's kind of taken the sequel format, and it's like, we're going to do the same thing kind of again, and the ending isn't uh, quite as exciting, because it's like... I don't know, bite on this, you bitch, or whatever the hell. You know, he bites on the electric yes. line, but it's it's not as exciting as an explosion. Uh, but it still was, like, very cool. I was like, this is all right. I, I am still struck by the... Um, how do I put it? Uh, I, I, look, I'm the kind of guy I've, I've watched YouTube uh, more than once, and I've seen bears attack people. You know what? I don't go where bears are. The end. Uh, same with alligators. You're in Florida. Good luck with that. I'm not... I'm good. I'm... 
no thanks. You, <laughs> we have yeah. a we have a saying. I don't know. Nobody knows how they're gonna die. I can tell you how I'm not going to die, and it's bear or alligator attack. Okay. <laughs> This son of a bitch, he's like, I, this whole thing with Jaws 1 now, Jaws 2, I'm still hanging out on the beach and my kids are still swimming. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got nothing for that. I don't understand that. Uh, yeah. But the rest of the movie, I, and as a movie, yeah. that's fine. Well, and the whole MacGuffin of, oh, oh, my kid's out there now. So I got, I understand yeah. that, but I would have moved. I would have packed up Oh, I'd be living in Wyoming, some <laughs> landlocked. <laughs> there ain't even a pond yep. where I'm living. Oh, that's great. But I, I, I watched the uh, making of on the DVD. This has not been released on Blu-ray yet. Hmm, that's uh, amazing. I can think of another I one was... on DVD that you should be watching, but that's okay. Uh, on the DVD? Abyss. Oh, The Abyss. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> that I've been oh, hounding you about now I for know, years. I know. That's all right. Okay, but go on. I, I will say that the, uh, the making of this is really interesting in that one of the ideas before they went this route... Uh, with a direct sequel to the original Jaws was they were actually talking about doing a version of the uh, the military that the the ship gets bombed and they're left out to sea and the rafts and the sharks the truth it's it's oh the, oh, the Indianapolis you're talking about yes okay. yes and I think that that would have been such an interesting way to go with that series and I wonder what would have happened what would have happened had they actually gone that route. Instead of the direct sequel, because of because of that direct sequel, it led to the stinkers that were Jaws three, which is still entertaining, and the truly terrible Jaws four. Yeah, and so I just wonder if they would have gone more like that whole military thing, and like, you know, I watched the uh, made for TV movie that was the uh, it was the cinematic equivalent of that story. Thank you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, and. It was pretty damn boring. It was a lot of dudes floating around in water and screaming. If you want to watch the last third of Titanic for three hours. So mm, I would prefer the Jaws 2 take on it because I'm looking more for cinema rather than true life. True Um, life. Okay, gotcha. And as far as Jaws 3 goes, you know, I... If I'm not mistaken, that was my first exposure to Jaws. I was like 10 and got to watch that on TV. That movie scared the crap out of me, and I thought it was amazing, and I didn't rewatch it for a long time till I had gotten quite a bit older. And I, John, been on the show before, will be again. I'm working on that. Uh, he said, was like, oh, dude, that movie's terrible. The fins don't move. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I rewatched it as an adult and was like, holy God, this is a mess, and this is horrible. I love Dennis Quaid, but the fins don't move. They came right for it. It was supposed to be in 3D? What? I Like, there was a whole backstory with the movie I never knew. Uh, so, that was a days gone past of where you yeah. had to watch the shit on TV because there was no VHS or home movie. Yeah. And that's where my first exposure to Jaws was on TV. Uh, you know, so where they edited it down. If it helps. Yeah. If it helps, Jaws 3 was the first one of the series that I saw. That was the very really? first one. I, yeah. That's interesting, considering you're, yeah. you're older than me. But, you know, that, know, then you go back and watch the original, and you're like, this is kind of dated, but still kind of creepy. And then you get a little yeah. older and rewatched again, and you're like, this shit stands the test of time. This yeah. is an amazing film. But Jaws 3 and Star Trek 3, The Wrath of Khan, I watched them both. Two. Uh, all, what, 
on the, vacation. Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Star <laughs> Trek Three: The Search for uh, oh, Star Three: The Wrath of The Wrath yeah, of The Wrath of Spock. It's, Spock's it's, like it's you, that, you, you killed me. You let me die. And you're radioactive. You damn not green bastards. <laughs> Just plant me like a seed on another planet already, you assholes. Okay, we need to wrap this up. I was trying to wrap this up 20 minutes ago, and you're like, I'm trying to help you. And (laughs) The wheels have again fallen off. That's all right. We're right on par with the first half of this crap episode. (laughs) Anyway, so blah, blah, blah. Watch this. Shrek 3 and Jaws 3. Did you just say Shrek 3? (laughs) I said Shrek 3, but it sounded... (laughs) God, oh. ogres are like onions. You peel, you them, peel and them off, and you find a new spot, spot layer. <laughs> oh my God! Okay. Doug Benson right now is like, I don't buy any of this shit. Yeah. You guys yeah. are not funny, and it's not yeah. going. Smoke more weed and drink less. Bo- drink less booze. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh. Well, this... I mean, I was going to review another movie, but um, we're we're now done. Oh, just <laughs> save it for the weekend. We we got another one coming up this week. We need all, all the right. recently watched we can pack in there. Yeah. Um, okay, let's quick tease. Um, for next episode, I actually watched it this morning and looking forward to reviewing it. The Imitation Game: Benedict Cumberbatch, Kira Knightley. Nice. Um, did I like it? Did I love it? Did I absolutely hate it? Tune in see. I also uh, been looking for a new TV show uh, for me and the wife to watch, and I came up with uh, picking between Deadwood and what was the other uh, Timothy Oliphant show? Oh, I don't know. He's a Texas Justif- Justified. Justifi- Justified. Yeah. yeah. I, I've heard great reviews of both, and both look very interesting. But I thought, you know, this Deadwood's only like three or five, four seasons or something. I'll, I'll give that one a try. Uh, I got the first season from. Both from the library, free. A uh, few episodes in. This is some hard R-rated Western. Interesting, but we'll see. I, I don't know that I'll have it finished by the next episode, but it's a tease coming up in a future pod. Um, <laughs> for you, what do you got coming up? Um, so I just had a birthday, so some of my birthday presents were Blu-rays. So I've got some Blu-rays that I'm going to be watching here uh, in... Uh, in the near future, I'm going to watch Spielberg's Duel, which I've saw numerous times, but I'm looking forward to watching that. And I'm really excited to watch X-Men The Rogue Cut. Oh, so am I. And, yeah, I'm really wanting... Uh, Brian Singer is knocking it out of the park with, uh, with... That's his claim to fame, in my opinion, is the X-Men series. And I'm really curious as to what they cut out of the original... Theatrical version, could, I thought that was great. I am not sure what they could have added to make it better, but 20 minutes is significant, and I am all for it. I am i can't wait to watch the uh, the extended cut on that one. So, um, Me too. And The Abyss, special edition making of. You will also be watching very soon, right? Sure. Ah, oh, come on! <laughs> I, honestly, I think that I got rid of that DVD in, in the preparation for a Blu-ray release that is not even announced and probably will never happen. So I, honestly, I, I, you know what? I, think, I know, I, I, I know I, for a fact, I, I don't have the Abyss on DVD anymore. <laughs> I think I did too. Damn it. Isn't... <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. I think yeah. I did too. Oh. Yeah, the, Ab- the Abyss and True Lies, I got rid of those DVDs because... It, uh, I, kept true, I kept True Lies because eh. But uh, oh, I might have got rid of The Abyss. Oh, that sucks. 
<laughs> I was like, I'll give it to you. No problem. I'll have to look into that. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> That's going to wrap up this giant two-part episode. Thanks for listening to, and please visit our friends, Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly, both on iTunes. And you can email us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. That's it. Have a wonderful evening, and thanks for listening to all four freaking hours of this just intoxicated garbage. No, and and, and taking taking my cue from Ty and Steve, um, I'm Ohenio Weaver signing off. Until next time. Bye. (laughs) Enrique Marinera signing off. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I guess.